and welcome to the FT Advisor podcast. Each week, we'll be joined by guests from the financial services world to discuss the most pressing industry issues. I'm Amy Austin, news editor at FT Advisor, and today I will be discussing the emergence of advisors on social media and what this could mean for the advice guidance boundary with financial coach Philly Ponaya and Stephen Perkins, managing director at Yellow Brick Mortgages. So welcome to you both and thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having Great me. Great to be here. Thank you. Now, we certainly live in a world where social media is all around us and is constantly changing. For example, let's take TikTok. Before the pandemic, it wasn't really a thing and now it's absolutely everywhere. Even mortgage brokers and advisors have kind of hopped on board and are doing live streams on the platform to answer any questions people may have about finance and mortgages and issues. But then this kind of raises the question of does this blend advice and guidance? Philly, um, as a financial coach, I know that you are on TikTok a fair bit and you quite enjoy it. Um, so maybe let's start with you. How can you know advisors help people on social media without it kind of being seen as advice and crossing into this boundary? Absolutely. As someone coming from the, you know, I've trained as a chartered wealth manager, investment back management background, I think coming with that lens as someone who has been regulated, I'm always very conscious of making sure that the boundary is not crossed. Um, but for benefits, it's definitely things like getting financial education out there to people who would never be able to afford the advice. Yeah. So I think it's really good for the financial education side of things, getting advice on you know basic things like saving and teaching people how they might be able to make you know changes when they get paid on payday to make sure that they've still got money left over at the end of the month, or things like automating savings so that you know they can start building up their wealth. Yeah. These are often people who might not necessarily be the high earners who would go and speak to a financial advisor. So I think it's a great leveler for financial education. Yeah. And Stephen, are you on TikTok or <laughs> do you kind of tend to stay away? No, I definitely don't have a face for TikTok, but um, we're, we're on most of the other social platforms where I can hide behind just using text usually. So. And how do you kind of find this? Do you, you know, have you seen these mortgage brokers kind of around on, on TikTok? And how do you kind of think that, you know, you can, you know, help people on social media without kind of straying into advice? Absolutely. I mean, I see all the mortgage advisors on TikTok and many of them have got massive followings and uh, and give some very good guidance on there. Um, but it is a fine line between giving sort of educational pieces and information that can help people um, you know, save or do other things that are good behaviours and habits to almost giving generic advice for a one, one size fits all, especially when it comes into mortgage side of things. Um, so, you know, it... Um, it is a fine line and there are certainly those that are regulated and come from a regulated background such as mortgage brokers tend to be on the right side of that line because again of what compliance networks and other people will say they can and can't say and they're aware of those those boundaries um, but there is a growing number of influencers on there now that are talking about such matters that don't come from that background and definitely step over that line into uh, giving very specific advice to the masses without uh, which may not be appropriate. Sure, I'm feeling kind of, have you seen this? I, I guess we would call them like finfluencers. Um, I guess that's kind of the term that's floating around out there. You know, they're not necessarily advisors or brokers or, you know, regulated like yourself or, you know, kind of have a financial background, but they'll say, you know, oh, I don't mind mortgage and this is what I think you should do. Um, have you seen this and what's kind of 
the I, issues. Yeah, I've seen it so much where it's often someone who probably was in a large amount of debt and they've learnt good money habits, you know, to get themselves out of that twenty, thirty thousand pounds worth of debt. But it doesn't mean they have the background to then go and, you know, talk about things that the regulator would, you know, hate to hear. And I think um, the amount of people who come to me and say, I've been told to invest in the S&P 500, like that seems to be the thing that influencers just say. And, you know, coming from um, investment management background, yeah, that could be one part of your overall portfolio, but they kind of blindly follow something that might not be right for them at all. Some of them need the money in two years' time, for example, to buy a flat. And so we would never say to risk that money, you know. So all the things like risk, um, time horizon are so important. And I think coming from, um, you know, that that compliance world and knowing what the regulator is, you know, approves of and doesn't approve of, even on that individual basis, you know, let alone when people are talking about it on TikTok, you know, wide, wide scale. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, is it a problem that, you know, many consumers don't actually know the difference between advice and guidance? You know, I've seen these uh, mortgage brokers and advisors on um, on TikTok, on Twitter, you know, on Instagram reels, all that kind of thing. And it will specifically state like, you know, this is not advice. This is just, you know, answering questions. This is just guidance. Like nothing can be taken as advice. So they kind of cover themselves. But, you know, as a normal consumer, speaking to their friend, you know, next door might go, oh, I've just got advice from this TikTok style. Like, you know, they don't actually know the uh, kind of difference. Do you think that's where one of the issues is? Absolutely. And um, I often say when I speak to people, you know, I am a financial coach. My fully financial company offers financial guidance. I'll coach someone through and educate them but as soon as they're sort of wanting to know about the you know tax um, bracket when they start earning over a hundred thousand or some of these um, issues they very clearly hand that off to a financial advisor um, I'm quite vocal about it on my TikTok because I'm so keen to distinguish between but I would say the normal person who I speak to and who's watching TikTok has no no idea of the difference uh, even between you know who offers information about tax who can you know, where an accountant would be helpful, where a financial advisor would be helpful and where a financial coach can help. Yeah. And Stephen, do you kind of find this? Absolutely. And I think, you know, use the the people putting the content out there can put as many disclaimers in there as they like. But what they've got to realise is many of their followers will take it as advice and they will act upon the what they're being told whether you've disclaimed it as guidance or advice at all um you know i wouldn't get medical advice from someone on tiktok um but a lot of people are putting faith in some of their biggest financial decisions to people um on tiktok with lots of followers that may not necessarily know what they're talking about um you know say that's not talking about actual qualified advisors or financial coaches who've done studying and know what they're talking about i'm talking about the the people that are probably better known for other things that then dabble in giving this advice that is the the, the risk um even up to the the top levels of people like martin lewis on tv that you know while he does a great job of educating people on financial services will you know go into the masses on itv and tell people that you know rates are going to go up and they should fix five years two years and things like this which is very advice given um mm. that isn't spoke to individuals you know so there's a even some of the best in the industry sometimes cross that line so it is it's definitely a risk i think and the fca probably needs to be more aware of it 
Yeah, and why do you think, you know, people do kind of follow this, you know, financial guidance online? Do you think it's just because these people do have a large following and they kind of, you know, come across knowing, you know, that like they know what they're talking about? Well, I get a lot of people who come to me who say they they could never, you know, they never learnt from their parents. They've got friends, like no friends earning the same amount of money as them, but they wouldn't even know where to start looking for a financial advisor. So they kind of almost go and look for some of these answers. The number of searches for personal finance related things is so high on TikTok. So, you know, it's there's a real demand for the knowledge. And then I think people either kind of go against wanting to go and find someone who's typically kind of a man in a suit um, and then they look for someone who they can go and ask. Yeah. Um, and Stephen, do I, you have anything to add? Yeah, I agree. I think you know, there is a, a fundamental lack of financial education um, in this country, you know, from school to people come out of school and university with debts and, and everything else, but they don't actually have an understanding about how debts and savings and investment works um, or mortgages or house buying or credit cards and all these things that actually sets them up to almost fall into the traps um, and get problems. And so I can understand why people have to then search for it themselves online. Um, and if you see someone that comes across um, well presented, comes across looking successful and they're giving you advice and um, from their side, um, it's very easy to to take that and and be influenced by it. Sure. And do you think, um, Stephen, that you know advisors maybe should be a bit more on social media because, like, you know, their guidance could help people and they could say, you know, well, you know, X Y Z. But if you want to know your specific circumstances, you should speak to an advisor like ourselves, and we can help you. Blah blah. And you know, kind of get the the thing that advice is out there and you can get it from an advisor. Do you think that that's an important message that they should be spreading? Absolutely. Ed, uh, social media is fantastic for financial education and advising people as to some of the things they need to be aware of and things they need to look into and consider, um, but always making sure they then get the personalised advice bespoke to them. But absolutely, you want to be talking to people and explaining to people bits of information. Give, there is some generic guidance that does apply to everyone that is, can be very useful, um, you know, what to deal with if you're struggling to pay your mortgage, what you should do, you know, so all those sort of things are, you can give that advice because it is the same for everybody in that position. Um, but it, it's when you get started talking about rates and products and and some of those smaller decisions that are very much unique to that individual, you've got to be careful. But uh, there's definitely a place for social media uh, in financial services and many people in the industry could use it better and do more with it for sure sure and do you have anything to add Philly? yeah i think i mean if you've got a specific um target audience or a niche you know the more niche you are the more likely someone will look for you find you and identify with you so i think um you know for certain um either mortgage brokers or financial advisors if they know exactly who they want to help um you know you can get your message out pretty pretty well yeah um, and obviously, you know, the FCA published this advice guidance plans last month in the hope that they will allow more people to access financial advice or support, which kind of, you know, goes hand in hand with this social media advice guidance boundary stuff. Um, Philly, I don't know if you've seen these and kind of what you made of them and what the FCA has kind of proposed and if you think it will actually close a gap. I haven't looked at it in great detail, actually. I'm sorry. Um, I think at least they're addressing it because otherwise you know it keeps it a still an ongoing issue it depends how much 
um, people will want to adhere to it from the guidance side. I don't know. Um, clearly, regulated people will stick by what the FCA is, um, you know, proposing. Um, I don't actually know too no, much about so. it. Sorry. That's all right. Um, and Stephen, kind of, you know, you, I'm guessing you have kind of seen this and propose, you know, their kind of targeted support, which is, you know, kind of more guidance and then, you know, simplified advice, which is kind of blurring that kind of boundary in between advice and guidance, you know, for people that may need, you know, could be just help with ISAs, for example, rather than, you know, actually what to do with pensions because we know that these are going to kind of be you know not involved in the simplified advice process so I don't know what you kind of made of it and what how you feel about what it will do for you know this boundary it's a starting point I mean defining some of these terms and saying there are different levels of guidance and advice is is key Um, and and certainly saying there are some categories that are less risk than others and can be given freely I think makes sense Um, but uh, it, it really does come down to how these are actually enforced. Um, you know, we can all agree to guidelines and, and the wordings, but, and as you say, the regulated um, people will abide by them um, as we have to, but um, there'll be loads of other people that won't know about them, will disregard them and carry on as they are. And unless the FCA actually sort of enforces some of those guidelines and, and some of the misadvice out there, um, then you know, it will still be prevalent. Yeah, and do you think this is kind of, you know, the worry? Because us lot, you know, we're in financial services, we know the advice industry, we know that like, we were waiting for this to come out, you know, eagerly before Christmas. Um, but other people, you know, your average Joe out there, they're not going to know about this regulation. You know, they're going to sit on TikTok and still continue the way that they are and not understand that, you know, what the FCA is kind of trying to do here. Do you think that that's kind of the problem and that actually the FCA should start maybe turning more of its attention to social media and TikTok and try and, you know, kind of talk to these people? Absolutely. I mean, if we post anything on any social media, we have to get it checked by our compliance, our our network, you know, to make sure, you know, we can't even say something is the best rate. We have to say it's the most suitable rate. You know, there's lots of things we can't say, lots of words, phrases we can't say. Um, so there's a lot to abide by to make sure that we're compliant and, and not um, misinforming. But that's only for the people that are within that regulated sphere. Everyone outside of that can pretty much say whatever they want, whatever they want. And the FCA isn't really monitoring them, looking into that and and checking it and, and neither are the social media platforms. Uh, so, you know, it is a bit of a wild west out there. And that's that's the concern when, when you're playing by the rules, but there's lots of people that they don't seem to apply to. Um, it can undo some of your good work by there being a lot of misinformation out there from others do you find this as well philly i think so just because i always have the regulator sort of the back of mind just because having done so many suitability reports for so many years of my clients you know i kind of know exactly and i i kind of want to operate in the kind of best way um but exactly you know i see people all the time kind of showing their portfolios and showing which platform it's on they then can say, sign up through my link, you get a free share. Obviously, they also get a free share or they get that sort of kickback, which obviously now, you know, you just can't do anything like that. So the um, the ease with which they can continue to operate and sort of how much they might say this is not advice, you know, they're still acting as they please, really. Yeah. And what, are, what we would say are the, you know, the absolute cons of, you know, social media and like speaking about finance on social media? 
I think it's just not giving the right advice for the for the right person. You know, it's 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 tailored to a person. That's why you speak to them. That's why you do the suitability report. That's why you do you know check if they're vulnerable. Um, look at their risk. Do they actually understand that the stock market goes up and down? You know, all these things that are so basic and fundamental, even as you start off in your low-level exams. You know, it's so, um, I think that's the the biggest one, I'd say. Yeah. And Stephen, what would you say? Similar. I mean, everyone's an individual, you know, what are their family plans? What are their career trajectories? You know, all these things will have impacts on whether they want short-term investment, long-term investment, whether they want a, a short-term fixed mortgage or a long-term fixed, you know, how long they're going to stay in that area or in that house. You know, are they looking to upsize? You know, there's so many different factors that can give the allow you to tailor the advice to make sure it's the most suitable for them, that you know, you can't cover that off with you know thousands of viewers in one video um, and make it you know, accurate for everybody so you know there's a real risk that you know whilst giving generic advice is fine but trying to give specific advice to too many people that isn't actually tailored to them um, can be very dangerous if someone then goes and makes a wrong decision based upon that that puts themselves in a, in a vulnerable position. Yeah and would you say that you you know this whole targeted support simplified advice coming along do you think this is going to make you know social media kind of easier to navigate because it might be that you know people think oh, well, actually, you know, there's targeted support in this place, this place, in this place. I don't really need to go on social media anymore. You know, could we see this kind of going down or do you reckon that it's just going to continue and actually grow? It, it will continue to grow because social media is a great way of generating leads and and, and client base for, for most people in the sector. So it's not something they're going to want to reduce using um, or putting information or guidance out there. Uh, it will make it easier potentially for the networks and other people to kind of make sure they stay on the right side of the line because they've got some guidance as to what does constitute advice and what is more general guidance, which are the low risk areas. So it will be probably easier from a compliance point of view for those in the industry to know where that line is. Um, but I can only see the use of social media getting more and more as time goes on, as more and more clients use that as the method by which they select who they go to for advice. Exactly. And I know one of the problems that a lot of these, um, you know, any financial advisors, wealth managers are having is that they're losing the younger generation when um, money kind of flows between, you know, on, on sort of death of the matriarch, patriarch, kind of going down to maybe the children or the grandchildren. I know then that, you know, those people need some advice, want some advice. And actually, if the right people are there, um, to be able to offer that and support it and, and begin the journey there, then why not? You know, that that's that's a really good way of capturing that audience. Yeah. What kind of advice then would you give to, you know, young people that would be on TikTok, you know, on Reels, looking at this? Because obviously, Philly, you're on TikTok. You know, they can get good information on there. So what would your kind of guidance be for them to kind of look out for when, you know, having to look around TikTok for a little bit of help? I think <clears throat> if anyone tells you to invest in something avoid it. Um, I had my account cloned and someone was trying to sell crypto, pretending it was me. I mean, just, you know, but that shows how easy it is as soon as they see someone's got some followers to do that sort of thing. Um, I would say anything that's sort of good financial money management that might inspire you to, for example, have better money hygiene, like automating savings, anything where you feel you're you're going to sort of improve, um, you know, a habit, 
great to learn about that, things that sort of more related to how you feel around money, anything that's checking in with how you are with money. But anything where someone's telling you to do something, I, I would go and sort of seek professional help because you don't want to just blindly follow someone saying this is the best rate or this is the mm-hmm. best fund to invest in because, as I've said, it's, it's always personal. Yeah. And what about you, Stephen? What do you think, you know, advisors can do on social media what would good guidance for an advisor be that was you know maybe looking to start a tiktok account um be credible um i think if if you can you know show your credentials as to why you're giving the advice and why you're giving that information out there um you can back yourself up with reviews or years in the industry or qualifications um that makes you a credible source for that advice i think also as as you said that it's not giving advice that doesn't generally necessarily mean to a sale so you know i'm not trying to sell someone something i'm trying to educate them uh, and give them information for free that can be of use to them um if that would hopefully then build trust with them over a long period of time so that when they do want to do business they'll come to us as opposed to you know me trying to then say oh you should buy this and click on this link and do it which is obviously going to benefit someone straight away and they've got a financial incentive to do that rather than actually coming from a good place of educating them so i think the the best thing you can do as a content provider on there is really be um know your lines of what is advice and guidance make sure what you're giving is actually going to be helpful not um and not construed as something that's just going to make you money but actually be helpful to your audience um and then obviously um work on your own credibility to to back up what you're saying yeah well i think it's uh you know a kind of a thing of watching what the fca does in this space you know it's it knows tech and ai and all of that is coming down the road you know we have to move with the times so i guess we see what this advice guidance boundary review comes out and says and what what they kind of do in the social media state because as we know fca are on tiktok themselves so <laughs> we'll have to see what happens well thank you both for joining us today and tune in Pleasure. next week where we will discuss the other goings on in the industry